Welcome, brothers and sisters, my Africans at home and abroad. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Walker's Appeal, a.k.a. The Appeal. Uh, shout out to Sister Cindy Ann, the whole On The Wake Up Radio family. Here to do it again, the blackest hour of your week. We're going to get to touch on some topics that we didn't get to touch on last week. We got a beautiful guest. So again, shout out to O.C. Burton, doing some beautiful things out in Las Vegas. Uh, my name is Oz Bryant. And my co-host is Rob. Sometimes they do call me F. That's right. That's right. Peace, my brother. <laughs> How's your week? Uh, not bad. Not bad. And you? Oh, I push. I push. I push. <laughs> Try to survive. You know, one life to live. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, um, we doing the people's work. Um, I'm not sure about that. Thing. I'm not sure about that. Could be more. I have to ask the Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama? <laughs> uh, maybe. But, um, so we got a, again, like I said, we had our guest last week. So there's a couple of things we didn't get to talk to. <laughs> the world is literally spinning, maybe a little faster. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into Andrew Cuomo. Uh, we got to touch on that. Uh, the so gangster he is. <laughs> I yeah. mean, this, this brother. This How brother much of her time, but she did come around. Audacious. Uh, we're also going to talk about, you know, what's going on in Haiti right now. They got hit with the earthquake. Yeah, um, they were just uh, uh, but hit with the left we're also right. going to, Yeah, and uh, Afghanistan. Uh, pullouts and the, the quick fall, like, like the no resistance. So, Rob, uh, where do you want to start off at? Oh. Wow. Um, I don't know. Do you, so we're going to go, at, I guess, go current, you know, our boy Andy, because this, we were covering this or, you know, at least I won't say covering, I would say inf- discussing and helping to inform people about it. Uh, back when it was just, you know, the city council murmuring about it, you know, and you only had like one voice in the wilderness out there talking about it. And finally, you know, the nursing homes, the nursing homes wasn't even what brought him down, actually. It was his sexual harassment nope. and rampant perversion. Yeah, he got me, too. He got me, too. Yeah. The Me Too yeah. movement is alive and well. I don't, I don't even think you should really call it the Me Too movement. This was just actually the, the law working. This is how it's supposed to work. You shouldn't need a movement for people to act like, you know, normal. <laughs> to, to not be a predator in the office. He was an Italian. American, yeah. and that's he's just very affectionate. That's, that's what he said. No, man. He crosses so many lines, dude. There's a the difference between affectionate and like full on groping. 
and not even just groping. He was like setting up. He had like part of his personal detail. This uh, one detective, I think she was a detective. I don't know, sure what her exact rank was, but she was attached to his uh, protection detail, and she was trying to get out of there because he was such a perv. <laughs> Rapey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but what this saying? is what your job is now. So you know, and who are you going to say? Oh, I, I don't want to be on the police force anymore. But yeah, I want to be on the police force, but I can't serve the governor. That's going to raise questions. He said, uh, "What did he say?" He said, um, "He was texting it. He, he gave an example that he said he, when he was getting his uh, his shot, he told mm-hmm. the doctor, oh, you make you make that that robe look good.'" He said he was just joking. <laughs> and he, he said if he had known, but then he 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 tried to really act like stepping down. He was doing the state a favor. That's I think that he, he actually fell down on. The, he took the martyrdom route. Like oh, I'll make the sacrifice. Well, he's Italian, so he said the Mia Copa. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, and this way, I he always, can write always, his, another trash book or something, and have his brother run more freaking propaganda on the news for him. Same I always said that garbage yeah, people. He, he he's a lot worse than Donald Trump. <laughs> like, oh yeah, whatever you want to say, he's a lot worse than Donald Trump. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, that's different. Growing up with Trump in the media, especially here in the East Coast and in New York, I think we were it's different for us. We knew him and the character that he was way before the rest of the country got to know him quite so well. And the same thing with uh, Andrew Cuomo. Is it the same con that the media pulled with uh, Rudy Giuliani after the towers? They they picked this one freaking media ghoul that they can or party hack that they can make look like a superhero because they don't they. God forbid they focus on the people who are actually doing shit. The only time they recognize anybody is like with, with Tillman. You know, they, that was literally Captain America, and, you know, they used him as a freaking propaganda piece. And then that's when he recognizes his contribution. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. But anyway, and back to the hometown so, pool. So, what, what was interesting, right, is hmm. this. They were talking about impeachment. Now, what would impeachment do? Impeachment at the state level would mean he could never run for statewide office ever again. Okay. Right? Just the same thing that an impeachment would do for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It would prevent him from running for president or again. But he would still be able to run for local office, right? Mm-hmm. He could run for mayor, you know. And let's really um, be honest, that's how these parties operate. So it would just be shifting chairs for him. And, what was it? Oh, I can't be a that... governor. You know they would shift him over. He would open his fucking yap, go down to Wall Street, beg for cash, and be one of their boys in a heartbeat. And we'd have now we'd have one of the worst, slimiest, fucking walking stereotype Italian in Congress or Senate, and they but would he... fucking love it. But he, what should you call it? Um, so he has Carl Hasty. And what ring? Kind of co-signing the nonsense you were saying, like, oh, uh, we're we're gonna we're not going to impeach because that's a waste of uh, government resources or something like that. I mean, we're still talking about a guy who should have charges. Why are they? They always do this. They run with the oh, we're going to impeach him. That is a political charge, people. Okay, that's like you committing murder, and I'm like, well, you know, your your form was off when you were holding your pistol, so. 
you know, that's what we're going to get you for. Reckless endangerment. Fuck the people you shot in the face. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, what's wrong with you? Your technique was off. Bad form. I'm not sure if there are others, but I, I definitely heard their statements about they were definitely opposed to any kind of impeachment proceedings. So, if you're going to oppose impeachment in a situation like this, you've got to have a plan B. You've got to have something else that you're willing to hit them with. Otherwise, you are just a complete, just a complete sellout. And I thought a little bit higher of Weapon, but I guess not. No, no, no. He's a county boy. He's a county Fucking boy. bottom of my shoe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to call in, uh, the call-in number is 844-818-4433. That number again is 844-818-4433. But anyhow, um, <laughs> that, let's shift <laughs> to the other big news, Afghanistan. So mm. the U.S. has decided to pull its troops out of Afghanistan, and then within 24 hours, that old thing went to I'm, I'm not sure if you can say what the hell. Yes, we can say what the hell because the president left the country. He said, Why is that going to hell? Wait, wait a second. <laughs> Why is that going to hell, though? It went uh, literally back to the Taliban. Who <laughs> had it before we did? They thought they were preparing the government to be able to stand on its own. And no, they, they would at least resist for a little bit. See, see, no, they didn't. And that was revealed way back when. You know, people forget that we actually had proof that the generals were talking. And a lot of them were like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing here. Go back and look at the Afghanistan papers. And this is, we're talking like four, four or five years ago now. Maybe more. But we knew this. That this, was, this wasn't real. For a long time. And we've had multiple administrations that knew this. And had the opportunity to fix it, but just said, fuck it, we're going to make that money. The way the world shook out after World the way War II. The world- and I'm not saying it's right. Don't get me wrong. Hold on. A long time ago. Yes, it was. Yes, it Look, I'm not defending it. It's a shit system. It's the same calcified system that we've had to deal with. This is why we can't get as much progress as we'd like in all these different areas. But that is literally the way the world shook out following the last era. We were, that's it. That's the way the powers that be at the time when their empires fell apart. No, but that doesn't matter. We question. were left holding the bag. Why? Why? For the West. America. Because think about it. They're going to put somebody in power that's friendly to them. That has nothing to do with the Afghan people. Yeah. The that's Afghan why it's an occupation. Be, what made you, what makes that, you think that our colonialism project or occupation would be like somehow better because it's us and not Britain or I guess Belgium? That's why I said or, I think it shouldn't exist. I'm against. I'm yes. an anti-imperialist. Okay, so There's then no why are you? So why were you using that same narrative earlier of this could have been gone? This could have gone well. <laughs> no, <laughs> this no, no, no. Could have gone I'm well. saying this is what this is what was being reported. Not my opinion. Not me. But they weren't I'm surprised. I That's the thing. The, the news is act. The news and the I media right process. now is acting. I have no problem with the Taliban being in control of Afghanistan. That doesn't bother me. Right. That's 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 that culture. That's that that's that's how they they want to function. That's how they function. It's not my position to tell them how to live. It's ethical imperialism is when you believe your ethics are higher than everybody else's. I do not believe that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've argued, at least an enlightened empire is better than the oblivious one that we've been. And it's not that our leadership is oblivious. They know what the deal is, but they feed the average person this narrative that is really dangerous. That's in, we've 
heard about the like the idea of the ugly American or the ignorant American abroad. That's where it comes from. We're raised on the diet of like, oh, we're better than the Russians were with their propaganda and they're, you know, all and we're just as bad. Worse, I would say worse. When yeah. they talked about Russian interference in, in political, uh, in, the whole the Russia election, Gate thing blew I my mind. I'm like, come on, this is America. <laughs> like, was, you have the nerve to talk about somebody else being involved in somebody else's election and political system when you want to go throughout the entire rest of the world, Asia and yeah. Africa, and put in really? your own puppet governments? Come on. <laughs> I mean, give me they a brought break. less than $5,000 in Facebook posts. And you're telling, telling me that's an intelligence operation? No, it isn't. And if it is, that is like the lowest level <laughs> intelligence operation I've ever heard of. I mean, Jesus. You know, there there are literally drug gangs in the United States that run better Facebook campaigns than that. <laughs> so stop. All right. Well, I, I that did not. Say, and if and if five thousand dollars from a foreign power can throw an election where literally billions of dollars were spent, exactly. What the <laughs> like, hell? You you never had much of a commitment to to the city. <laughs> but my point is, I think what's going on now it's, it's it might be painful, right, to some folks. You know, especially if you were in a position of power before, right? Mm-hmm. Now you don't have that position of power. Yes, and it, those are the folks who always feel the best the worst. But if you're the regular person on the ground, uh, this little bit of dust up now gives you an opportunity to kind of move up in the world, maybe, possibly. Right? It so, depends on you know, your situation. You have these, uh, I mean, I don't, it depends on your situation. They make it sound like, you know, it's a feudal war zone in some areas, from what the news One woman, woman's are. on the news talking about she may not make it through the night. Uh, she yeah, was the I mean, head of ministry, minister of education. Okay, but if you're the she, minister of education in the in the the government that we set up, the Afghan government that we set up, you knew this shit was going down. No, that's the point. She said that she felt betrayed by the president because the president didn't tell anybody he was leaving. No, 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 no. But okay, but again, this is like those people who were still in the towers waiting for their boss to tell them it's okay to leave your desk. No, you don't pay me enough to (laughs) die here. I don't need your permission to save my life. <laughs> the only people who would be like, well, I got to wait for orders to leave are literally the people who were enlisted in the Afghan army. You see, them motherfuckers left. So you as the ministress or minister of education, what the fuck were you doing? Minister of education, what happened? How come we had 20 years at that place? She would be someone that we probably should talk to. How come? Maybe she could explain why after 20 years in that place, we couldn't even get a basic foundation that would stand up and say, oh, this is how we want to live. You know? And if this is how they want to live, then we, need to, we should have left a long time ago. The U.S. should not Point be in blank. a position to tell some other country how to I'm function. not even saying how, telling them how to function, because let's face it, it wasn't like they really started off with a blank slate anyway. We've been screwing around in there since as long as I've been born. By default because it goes back to us and the Russians in Afghanistan back then. That's how we brought them down. So the fact that we were willing to stick our hand in the same exact trap that we just used on our own enemy is amazing. I don't understand our leadership. I don't understand our leadership class, how that kind, that level of incompetence from supposedly college-educated, Ivy League college-educated individuals who travel in the finest circles, either you're doing this shit on purpose 
or you're completely incompetent and should be stomped in the fucking nuts. Uh, um, who, uh, do you think this will hurt Joe Biden? I don't think it really matters as far as with the Joe Biden. I mean, it was something that was, it should have happened a long time ago anyway. And if you're anyone who actually has served or knows somebody who served, you may not be happy with the way it shook out, but you knew it was time to go 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You knew it was time to go. So it's not a surprise. I don't think it would hurt him in that way. It's going to hurt him in the political fucking moron class up there with their, oh, he's betraying it and the bullshit they've been running with. So, yeah, you're going to have the propaganda. And I hate even talking against the propaganda at this point because that frames the wrong conversation. So we're constantly talking about the wrong shit. If I only give you choices A through C, but the answer is Obviously, it's not on the list, but you're fine with those answers. This is what you get. This is the end result you get. You get Afghanistan. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I tell people all the time, don't let anybody give you no answers. If they give you A through B, you can come up with that. Uh, you, you create your own reality. Don't let nobody else create your reality for you. Look at some of that's the biggest true. intelligence failures and betrayals we've had over the last 20 years, too. They all, A lot of them originate from this corrupt idea of the new American century that Bush and those ass clowns launched. And they're still fucking walking free. You got Dick Cheney's decrepit ditzy daughter on television still pushing bullshit like her dad don't belong locked up somewhere. They blatantly fucking lied us into a war that we will be paying for for another 20 years. How many resources, the trillions upon trillions of dollars that went into nothing over there except for some government contractor's pocket, how much of that could have paid for here? Flint might not have had a generation of people with fucking brain damage. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Um, let's uh, continue our trip around the world. Uh, let's uh, start on the, the, the beautiful, is it Hispaniola? <laughs> but uh, the nation of Haiti, uh, who hmm. suffered an earthquake, uh, 7.2. Earthquake. Uh, I'm not sure if it's fortunate, but it wasn't in the nation's capital. I believe it, it, it was in. Uh, uh, didn't didn't it affect the other side of the island, or was it just centered on the, on the Haiti side? Uh, no, I think it was on the coast. I mean, it should affect because it felt it was felt in like Jamaica, so you, you hmm. felt it. But the epicenter uh, was. But the damage was centered mostly in Haiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Um, Wow. Yeah, I mean, and this comes just a few weeks, literally, after the president assassinated. Uh, I can see how this would... Um, Somebody done pissed off the Olga, and that's what happened. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, if you're superstitious in that nature. But, um, you know, this is how... Just, I mean, earthquakes are nothing new. Uh, earthquakes happen. Um, yeah, I mean... This is one uh, of the things that we were going to do, like, see, this kills me, though. We'll fly around the world to blow some shit up or to help somebody else, you know, for propaganda reasons. But here we go. Haiti is continually just getting stomped into the dirt. And we, we should really, I don't know, man. If, if we were going to do a nation-building project, you didn't have to go to Afghanistan and invest 20 years in that. Uh, I'm you the point. I don't actually think the U.S. should be doing nation-building projects. Um, but to compound things, um, I'm just saying, if we were, 
I have always yeah. stood by the fact that we misinvested as a nation and culture. We should not have reinvested in Europe the way that we did following World War II. We should have invested here in the Americas. If we, are, if we were going to be that empire, which at that point we were going to be, we still didn't even do that shit right. And we've had multiple opportunities to correct course. And even with, when the neoliberals really took over the Democratic Party with Clinton and them and they did their NAFTA bullshit, even that was a watered-down attempt at trying to correct course. Because you didn't even do it on a real policy level. You didn't do it on a nation-making level. And I don't mean nation-building like how they use it. I mean actually like resources and how you actually build a nation the same way you would build another state. You know, and no, we didn't do that. We invested in Europe. We made all those states great. We made an entire European Union. They got a better healthcare system than we do. Good job, jackasses. But no, we couldn't invest like that here. And that's why you have a border crisis. But we'll use those people as cheap labor and demonize them. Fucking clowns. And then you got to compound this with uh, the, the impending hurricane season. <laughs> coming coming up, so Hurricane Grace is about to be there uh, as well. Um, yeah, the epicenter it was about 93 miles away from Port of Prince. Uh, so you know, not directly about Port of Prince, uh, but uh, two miles away. Yeah, 93 miles. Uh, and you know, now they're bracing for uh, hurricanes. Mm. Um, yeah, must, uh, the, the fun never never quite stops. Yeah. Uh, however, <laughs> uh, this week does mark the anniversary. Uh, back in 1891, uh, 1791. Sorry, um, the country of Haiti, uh, the revolution started. Uh, yeah, the revolution. The revolution kicked off uh, today. Back in 1791. Uh, which is <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a bright spot or or uh, why would that be a bright spot? <laughs> uh, considering events, yeah, this is the 230th anniversary. If our revolution was a bright spot for us, why wouldn't their revolution be a bright spot for them? Because of what they've been through this week. Yeah, you know, but a, you that doesn't <laughs> change. The, you know. But that doesn't change the fact that they are they got their independence and they, they no, no, did. Yeah, you know, that, that is something that should still be celebrated. How do you celebrate when you're going through a uh, presidential assassination and earthquake and hurricane? That's my point. <laughs> okay, celebration is the wrong <laughs> word, but you know what? It's a real time to ask yourself what you said. Well, from what's come out, this guy was pretty corrupt anyway. There was massive division anyway within the country over him and his policies and where he even got his money from. Okay, that's why it was so fishy, and that's why you had professional U.S. mercs posing as DEA agents that ran up in there and shot it, with his own security guy was most likely compromised and in on. So he wasn't squeaky clean, and he wasn't, from what I've heard, a crowd favorite either. So well, he celebrate he may be the wrong word, but this would he be wasn't. a great time for them to, like, you know, really reexamine what the hell. <laughs> Yeah, and, and um, you know, and that, they have the freedom revolution. to do that for themselves. That that's the context of it. Yes, this was our revolution. And so uh, you're gonna have to build some new shit now. Many people saw this as again, you got to think of the context. So mm -hmm. we're in the middle 
uh, I wouldn't say the middle, or, or towards the last quarter, I guess. Well, well, we're talking about black oppression on the Western Hemisphere. And uh, slavery is, is real. Uh, slavery doesn't end in the British Empire until the 1830s, 1831, I believe. Uh, so this is probably about 40 years prior to that. It uh, doesn't end in the U.S. until the 1860s. So, you know, <laughs> considerable. But uh, it does come right after, uh, probably 15 years after the American Revolution. Um, but as far as, uh, yeah, it doesn't come till it, it does come on the tail heels of the American Revolution. And it's uh, a long, drawn out conflict. It doesn't end or culminate until 1804. Um, started by a, a slave priest. Um, and, you know, that's Dutchie Bookman. Dutchie Bookman, it was from, I mean, he was a slave in Jamaica who gave trouble there. So they sent him to Haiti, I guess, uh, or Hispaniola at the time. And he gave some more trouble there. And he starts this, uh, this uh, idea uh, of revolution, um, of uh, doing away with uh, uh, European ideologies. So revolution starts in the mind first, and that, this is true here. Uh, you can read this in Dr. James Carruthers' Irritated Genie. Uh, there's also good research done by C.L.R. James and Black Jokobin. Um, and, and one of my favorite sayings, uh, the war call of the revolution uh, of that book, uh, was death to the white man and his God. Right? So the idea of shedding European uh, religion, that they felt that uh, that is one of the ways we all have European last names. Um, that And it, the, it keeps you thinking in that context. They were right. And so when you give up the, that name, there's no way that we can have the same God I'm living well, yeah. like this, and you're living like that. Well, you could still have the same overall God, deity, whatever, <laughs> creator, deity, whatever. There's plenty, of cultures that have that. <laughs> There's plenty of cultures that have, you know, that kind of stratification in it, and they're built into their own creation myths and stuff like that. There's, that's, that was global. The fact that you had this one type, this, what was different was... In all those different cultures, that God, whether or not they had a case system or a slavery system or whatever, they still reflected those people that they ruled over or were the deity of. That was right. a big difference in yeah. the Americas. Even in the slave systems of those other cultures, even in the Roman slave system, yeah. they still incorporated those other cultures to yeah. a point. Those, they were yeah. still, yeah. a Gaul slave was still a Gaul. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, and this is and, were completely erased. And that was on purpose. That's why I said long ago that they, they, America as a corporation set out to make a corporate product. The only way you can do that is if you start with a blank slate. The only way you could do that was to erase their culture. And also, uh, we also want to remind you, in 1831 here in the States, our show name, David Walker, pretty much gave you the same analysis in 1831 by simply reading the Bible. <laughs> what he looked at, uh, what we, if you look in, uh, in Genesis and um, in the early books of the Bible and the Old mm -hmm. Testament um, about Jew, Jew, Jews in, in, in Egypt, right? The idea that... Uh, 
but uh, how ironic is that? that these are African stories that were adopted by European cultures <laughs> and used to enslave Africans. <laughs> then those same stories came back around, and some African was like, "Hey, this is bullshit." <laughs> so it is a very strange circle. Yes, it is. David Walker was saying out this form of slavery here is completely uniquely different than anything that existed yeah. anywhere else. Uh, and because those stories, that, yeah, those stories. These are stories that are like thousands of years old. You know, these go yeah. back further than you know people even really like to talk about. This is Babylonian yeah. and Akkadian dark, deep history myths. Pretty much Neolithic era. Yeah. But they're they're talking about these weird patterns that we keep repeating. Yeah, yeah, yes, and that's the point, right? This is why we on the show we function in the spirit of Sankofa. The more you understand history, the better you understand your present. <laughs> there are no surprises, and you understand what's going to happen because it ain't new; it's happened before. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so the the, the Haitian Revolution and Frederick Douglass famously said that all blacks are Haitian. Because uh, we took that victory as our own. That was a collective victory, right? And mm -hmm. uh, Haiti being the first uh, African republic, technically, in the Western Hemisphere uh, by means of this, this revolution. And um, uh, now, <laughs> and technically, we, we can critique Haiti, but... Uh, I mean, they can critique us, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really exactly. Dr. Neely Fuller said a glass houses and stones and all. What it is and how it functions, everything you think you understand will confuse you. Um yeah, because I always ask myself this, right? So the French the French is the American Revolution, America's now free. Mm -hmm. Right? The Haitian Revolution, Haiti is now free. <laughs> These two nations are not treated equally. Not in the least. Uh, you know, I mean, they were both pursued, though. So that's, it was different how they were pursued. You know, it wasn't like England was like, oh, well, good show. No, they, they came back and they, like, burnt they down back, the White yeah. House. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they were still that's salty, the, too. The War of 1812. There's the War of yeah. 1812. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole conflict that we really don't even talk about. It's like, ah, we're not going to talk about that. But we won the first time, fuckers. Ah. You know? So, no, the, we were pursued, too. But Haiti wasn't in the same position that we were. They were an island nation, a small island nation. They're half an island. <laughs> so, you at know. The, it, and at the time, actually, there was a point in time when they did control the entire island. Yeah. Right? And so um, it was fluid as well. But that, that they, were, they, they really were not starting off on the same foot. The fact that they were able to pull off the revolution was... Re revolutionary in itself. It like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know the, the, with the colonies, you had sizable land. You could move your forces. You know, you you had the space where you could really play for time if you needed to. Especially since we were fighting a guerrilla-style war. That's important. It's a big element. You know, so I mean, they were fighting a they fought a guerrilla-style war as well. <laughs> yeah, but you got a lot less land mass to work with. Mm. You know. If France really still had the naval power that they did back in the day, they would have been able to retake that island. But they didn't. Napoleon wasn't on his full game at that point. So other things. And, were going and they, on. they did sustain quite a few, uh, quite significant losses during the Haitian Revolution. So yeah, you know. so it was a real battle. So it's not you know that I'm not going to crap on their victory at all. But the circumstances were totally different. And that's why they ended up in that 
monetary trap that has continued for a while. But what, what, what is, what's also fascinating to me, right? So I always like to look at things in context, right? Um, there's a whole world going on, and things are happening here, things are happening there. Like, um, I always talk... Uh, Their empires were in flux. Just how, like you were saying, that nobody has the right to be doing this. You're describing exactly like how we ended up with our fuckery in Afghanistan and playing the imperial game. This was the turning point for them. This is when France, it was really, they weren't the power competing with Britain like they were before. They didn't have the naval forces. They were losing territories here in the Americas. You know, so it's all a long game. Uh, That's why we're pissing our pants now because it looks like China's going to be the next hegemon. And it's like, oh no, this is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> I've mentioned about Nat Turner's rebellion, slave revolt, right? Happening in the Virginias. And at the same time in the West Indies, you have the, the Baptist Wars with Sam Sharp, another slave revolt. Again, so again, same time, 1831, both of these things happening in the same year, uh, miles apart. By people who probably maybe you never met, but you know that means there's a, a zeitgeist at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. That means uh, black oppression. They were were fed up. Whether you're in Virginia, South Carolina, I mean uh, Louisiana, whether you're in Haiti or oh, no, not Haiti at that point, but there was a, a general thrust. And uh, one of the things I found interesting is that at the uh, a few days, two days actually. Before the Haitian Revolution, uh, many of you are familiar with uh, Benjamin Banneker. Right? He's uh, he was a self-taught black man. Right? He taught himself how to read. Uh, among self-taught polymath, autodidact <laughs> yes, yes. polymath. That is off the <laughs> fucking scale. He actually writes a letter to Thomas Jefferson about the conditions of life. I mean, it's a few thousand miles away. You have mm. the whole full blown revolution going on about this. It's, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little geeky well, about this stuff. Well, the thing is, the context would have been different because the amount of time it takes for news to travel back then. So it might not have hit him in the same way that our news cycle would have. Like our news cycle, it would have been like, really? Damn. It would have been like in response to it. With this one, by the time he found out about it, it was probably like, wow, this. It's all at once. <laughs> it's going on right now. You know, I'm saying, but he wrote the letter, and then uh, you know, two days later, you know, yeah, there's this this revolution that starts. I'm not saying that he, had, but you don't have to. That's the point. You don't actually even have to know. But that means there's a zeitgeist. There's a feeling mm -hmm. that's in the air. It's not unique to you. It's not unique to me. It's something that we all are experiencing. Things are going. I mean, we're all under the same heel. Well, it was like the. What was one of the biggest news items, narratives that they used during the Trump run initially? That there was this crazy right-wing upsurge all through Europe and all over the world, and it was led by Putin, and Trump is going to be the like the American orange Hitler. And that was all part of their narrative, too, that there was this evil right-wing zeitgeist. It's the same shit, man. They, yeah. they're, they're trying... They're, they really do want to... By letting a industry use entertainment to dictate how people get their actual information, we have set up such an evil system because we put it in the hands of people whose entire focus is creating a narrative and dictating reality or a fiction. 
and that's who you give control of information distribution to, no wonder we're such ass clowns. If you ever have the chance, anyone listening who doesn't know, look up Edward Bernays. You'll want to dig up his bones and just like melt them down, shit on them, something. You'll want to desecrate this person's grave in memory. But you'll see the fingerprints that he left on our society. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, what was I saying? Uh, Thomas Jefferson, of course, we all know he's a slaveholder. And um, even though he wrote this Declaration of Independence, and he really wrote some very nice words about freedom and liberty, mm -hmm. um, I encourage you to read his uh, notes on the state of Virginia, where he pretty much doesn't really believe anything he's saying. <laughs> he doesn't believe He may believe it, but he don't practice it. That's for sure. <laughs> he didn't believe all men were created equal. And I, thought, I think it's fascinating because he just responds to Benjamin Banneker. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he's praised, uh, he calls, he says, our, our black brethren. <laughs> See, that's why, I, now, do you think that was political speak or do you think he was actually like at the point where in his mind he was like, oh, well, you know, shit. <laughs> some of them can read, some of them can't talk. Because you, we you already can't had, say we already all men are created for this. Thank, so you can't say that all men are created equal, and let and still hold those, and still that hold that practice unless you don't see them as men. So then, what what you're saying isn't hypocrisy. If I say all men are created equal, but I don't see you as an actual human, as a man, then I, there's no hypocrisy there. I can see you, especially you're not like the rest. Yeah, I can still I can uplift you and still denigrate the rest by just simply treating you special. I give you special designation. Right? But so, you're still um, not no. seeing that person as an equal or as a human. No. They're, they're still not a full human. That that's an exotic thing. It's a it's a yes. oddity. You know, it's like I found an alien and it's got five fingers. Exactly. It looks just like us. Put him in a cage. Poke some sticks at him. And they were doing that up until the Victorian age right here in New York City, so don't give me all that sensitivity shit. <laughs> you know, we are some of the, we are the cruelest animals on the planet, but we have the sense to be able to do better, which makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah. And I, again, I just I just thought that was fascinating that those two things would happen in the same week, right? Not that the letter, uh, his letter is you know changed a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> it didn't change much. Uh, we all know who well, Benjamin Banneker is a name that rings bell through history. And Which he, is good. I mean, that, 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 that did count, especially considering the time. You know, that that is somewhat revolutionary for the time. Because then other people who aren't Thomas Jefferson can see the fact that, oh, crap, you know, that there are some smart ones and stuff like that. You never know. Well, it could have helped. Here's my question. So now we have examples of blacks making appeals to us um, going back to 1791. Frederick Douglass mm -hmm. made the same appeal. Maybe you have Benjamin Banneker making the same appeal. Martin Luther King made the same appeal. But all these appeals were more towards black people <laughs> than to white people at the time. No, at that, no, at that time, they all appealed to whites. No, Frederick because Douglas, what's the... Only talking do you whites. think that they really thought that they were going to have like this gigantic change of heart? And it's like, oh, no. Because Thomas Jefferson had already... Appeal, we didn't start making an appeal to blacks in a full and complete way. 
We touched it with Marcus. Garvey. I don't think, but at that point, oh. you couldn't make a direct appeal to blacks. You had, you would have to make this kind of a public statement and hope the news was disseminated. So we, but at that time, we had our own news. So Garvey, because so Garvey, so around the, the I'm not talking the, about Garvey. I'm talking about further back. I'm talking about the Benjamin Banneker era. So at that point, yes. So from Benjamin Banneker, Frederick, everybody's making appeals to whites. So, but even yeah. after that point, that we're still making an appeal to whites because that's the dominant. We don't the power believe. structure. <laughs> Who else were you going to appeal to? If you believe their power structures, right? No, their power structures you're because only, they can power. kill you. <laughs> and their power structures because they can imprison. Everybody bleeds blood. Everyone killing die. is there's a difference between killing and killing efficiently. Anyone can kill. <laughs> the mean, idea the is to kill efficiently. <laughs> a kill is a kill, my brother. No, it isn't. You need to be able to. You need to be for a kill to be a kill. You need to be able to not only kill the opponent, but be able to replicate it. Which means you not getting killed yourself. Which means you being no, efficient no, and capable no, enough to war, keep doing it. In in war, you're going to. Well, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. No, in war is to get the other person to sacrifice. You don't care about losing a few of your own. You'll you do care about you try not to use a few of your own. You try to maximize the losses on the other side. There is nothing heroic in getting yourself shot or your other people shot. What's heroic? You get the medals on your chest back at the ceremony, back at base, motherfucker. You do not get it on the battlefield. Okay? The only thing you're going to win out there is a tombstone. And as a soldier, when you got man, I am telling you, I am telling you, as a former enlisted myself, that is some bullshit that you are fed. Stop it. Okay, <laughs> but they do feed it to you. They do feed it to you. No, they don't. <laughs> they do. Feed I'm telling you, no, no, they do not. Because once you enlist, you get the real deal, motherfucker. Keep your head and, down. And so, so you're, you you're shoot not, them. You're, you shoot so them. That is the point. That is the point of our training. You do that. You might die. You're misinterpreting completely. So when you got, so when they, when they read, when they, when they bought for us Normandy Beach, they said everyone's gonna live. No, no, that's being facetious. Just, that might be your last day. That's part of being yes, in war. But, this might yes, be my last but they right did here. everything they could leading up to Normandy that's to not mitigate those losses. Well, no, no, they, they, they could have, they could have been, uh, they could have, uh, you know, cut off supplies and did a war of attrition and took the flow away. No. If you did a war of attrition, they would have actually given up because nobody was interested in fighting the war that long. That point blank, Hitler would have still been in control to this day, and there would have been parts of America still speaking German. Yeah, my point is, you said they do everything they can to make sure that no, they're they're willing to expect. You do the most you can. You do the most you can because at the end of the day, it's easy. Look, it's easy to demonize the military. They're they're we're an easy joke, but I'm not true. That's not a demonization. That's just a war. Uh, no, no, that is not an accurate depiction of war. If you're talking about the people who actually fight it, if you're talking about the people who actually are going to fight bloodshed, if you're willing to have bloodshed, that means your blood is going to be shed too. And if your blood is going to be shed, there's a chance you're going to die. You yes, but that. you are painting it in this ridiculous cartoon fashion. You do this shit all the time. Lots of people do it because that's what they're fed. But the honest to God truth is, at the end of the day, the job is to kill those other people. Not get yourself shot. There is no glory and in rushing a hill. And what no, you it's other the, the other person you're trying to kill is trying to do. They're trying to kill you too. Yes. Yes. And That's you, the and job. You're aware of that. Yes. Yeah, so That's why you, you have, mitigated you as much as possible. This might be that you, you have to you go out there understanding this might be your last day. That's why people. You know, you've made so they, they, honestly. They, 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 if you've got a real job, Oz. If you've got a real job in any branch, 
you've already had that realization way before you're on the battlefield. This is part of your indoctrination and training. If you've got a real job that's going to throw you into shit. That's why I'm saying that the idea that it's ever safe, no. And you, when you mix the two like that, you end up painting a very wrong picture of it. Well, okay. Uh, Iran-Iraq war. Um, who had the more sophisticated army? I believe it was Iraq. Uh, who won the war? I believe it was Iran. Who had the larger army? It was Iran. Did they sacrifice a lot of people at, on, that, on, that, on, that, on, that, on that field of war? Iran did. They sent waves and waves of folks. I mean, a lot of guys. Who was supporting there. Iraq? Who was supporting Iraq? U.S. They ran the Iraq War. Yeah, exactly. You made my point for me. So you can, again, Iran, the, the idea that we're going to adopt this idea of a martyr, a martyr is not a good, you do not want to be a martyr. We do not train to make martyrs. No one okay, trains to make martyrs. The U.S. Army is one army. There are a lot of armies in the world. You <laughs> name, that you okay, just one. okay. You show me the, a standing the, the professional army, army. The Iranian Oz? army. No, Oz. Show me a standing professional army that uses kamikaze attacks today. We saw my history. I'm talking about what, what, what Iran did. And, and it Iran, used, Iran used those human bombs because of the weapon. They were outnumbered. They were outmatched. That's why terrorists used those they weapons. They weren't outnumbered. Because of they, had they, more, they had more people. Okay, yes. They weren't outnumbered. They weren't outnumbered, no. They were not outnumbered. But there's a big difference when you have the technical superiority that we were giving them. And using but they won weapons. without the technical superiority. Yeah. No, they had a stalemate. They didn't actually knock out Saddam and Tim. <laughs> okay. My point is, and war let's face is it. politics without bloodshed. No, it I isn't. Mean, war is politics without bloodshed. It's the opposite of that. War is yeah, what happens bloodshed. when is politics with bloodshed. It's when all the sanctions, it's what all the sanctions and the bullshit and the talking is leading up to. Is literally when the guys in suits have failed at their bullshit. When when Saka Zulu defeated, I believe it was the British. He was they had guns. He did not. Mm-hmm. He lost a lot of men. Yeah. However, he did win, and he did win the war. He did win the battle. Do you think he, he set out battle. to lose those people? No. He 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 had to be prepared for it. He understood that. Obviously, that is a. That is a far gone conclusion. You do not wear a uniform. That's what, see, this is what I mean. There's nobody in uniform that is that Pollyannaish that they think that I'm not going to lose people. So when you even entertain that as part of your solution set or your formula, you're already fucking up. Stop doing that. Please. It's the same thing like when we're in those meetings and one of our friends goes, well, in a perfect world, Stop! We're not in a perfect world. So what the fuck are you doing using that starting point? It's, not, it's, it's a perspective, and the perspective—it's a faulty perspective. It gives you a bad look. If you're starting from a faulty foundation, if you're starting from a faulty perspective, what good. result are you going to get? War is not supposed to look good. War Who said anything about looking I, good? I, I didn't say you look good. You're being told by looking bad. Yes, you just said by looking no. bad. You're look- Man. I'm talking about having a fucked up foundation and perspective and point of view so you don't have the right idea of what's going on on the ground. Literally what we did in Afghanistan. If you're going to tell me that you don't want to go in there and understand the different tribal relations and groups 
and how they actually work against each other, and you're going to say, well, we're just going to make a nice, modern, cosmopolitan population, yes, then you get exactly what happened today. Please stop. You're doing the exact, you're using the exact same reasoning. I'm not advocating for how you get there. You're talking about strategy for it. But I'm you're there. Please. But you're there. You See, this is, but this <laughs> is the difference. Yes, you do. Like, like See, this, did. No, you see, they this leave. is the difference. I say leave. Looks like this is the did. difference between civilian thinking and military thinking. You're like, well, we shouldn't be here to begin with. I agree with you. But the military mind is like, well, I'm fucking here now thanks to your orders. So now I have to deal with it. Do not, no, in, do not waste my time. Do not waste my time with, well, we shouldn't be here to begin with. I don't believe they should be there. He took them out. That's it. You're That's mixing he's, but now you're mixing he's to maintain the narrative. The he that sent us there was Bush and Cheney. The he that kept us there was Obama and uh, Trump. The he that got us out finally was a senile Biden. So don't just, and you so, can't, just, you can't even start with just the I'm he. I'm saying. Because I you're starting I'm with the faulty foundation. I agree with the pullout because I believe they shouldn't have begun there to begin with. Okay. I don't believe in ethical imperialism. I don't believe that because you believe things should be this way, the world should function the way you think it should be. I believe there's 7 billion people on the planet and every one of them got ideas. They yeah, don't but a lot of them are bad. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> That's not my position to say. Yes, it is. Now, yes, it's it, to say it, neither. If it affects so you, then yeah, it does. How far do you want to take the state? How far do you believe the in state. the community? Yes, how far do you I'm believe a community extends? For me, an advocate for the state how far do you believe the community least fortunate? You okay. Take care of the least fortunate. Okay. So you're a globalist. That, you're, you're for a global humanitarianism. I don't believe in uh, a global humanitarian. No, I'm a black man who believes that black folks have get bailed the brunt of globally <laughs> of, of of European domination at this point in time, and that we have to do as much as we can to uh, revert or get away from that, to steer ourselves away from that. Where are we going? I don't believe in European domination of the world. I don't. Okay. European or, I mean, I'm I'm including America and European. Okay, that's fine. But then where do you go from there, though? Where are we going? you You make sure that resources are distributed equally, and then you say you can't have an environment where greed exists. Right. Okay. So the, I, you need to draft a letter to China because they are not going to be down with that shit. So we need to start right, right now. I, I get. I didn't say they. I, 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 I never used China as a model. I said I'm a black man, not a Chinese man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> whether you're a black man or a Chinese, whether you're a black man or a Chinese man, my point is that China is going to be the upcoming hegemon. So they're going to be the ones that we're going to be writing appeals to in the future. Uh, you just said you weren't cool with European live. domination, and I no, said I'm fine. Not. But what I'm telling you is that guess what? They're on the way out too, and the next ones up at bat are the Chinese. No such thing as a good king. No yeah. such thing as a good king. All I'm saying is we need to start but right now. I, right now, I don't have a Chinese last name, and no one's forcing me to speak Mandarin. You know, give what it mean? time. Give it time. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? No one's forcing me to speak Mandarin, and no one has changed my name to a Chinese name. Someone has forced Cantonese, me to speak English. <laughs> someone has forced me to speak English and someone has away my given name. So I'm dealing with that. That's where we are right now. 
before we in our last segment, uh, I want to uh, make a few uh, mentions here. Uh, Wallace Thurman is known for writing uh, The Black or the Berry. It's a novel. He really tackles issues of colorism. Uh, he's a Harlem Renaissance writer, and I would give him credit as being the founder of the Niggerati, which was a, a, was a, a young, uh, I guess, literary collective, uh, which hmm. included the likes of Langston Hughes, uh, Zora Neale Hurston, uh, Langston Hughes, Zora Neale Hurston, uh, Richard Brooks. Uh, uh, he's also, um, they also did one issue. They, so they, they had a publication, it was called Fire. Uh, and it was, you know, all these <clears> great <throat> writers, you know, Langston, or I always said Langston, Zonia Hurston, uh, Thurman, Thurman, Thurman Wallace. Fortunately, it only had one <laughs> issue. <laughs> uh, I don't, it didn't last very long. Uh, Wallace Thurman was a sickly, uh, young man who didn't live very long. Um, He's one of these great voices. Uh, he died at the age of uh, 32 uh, in 1934, so like right in the middle of the Great Depression. Um, and he just eh, one of these. And he so he also served as editor for some of the great publications of the day, like the Negro World, <laughs> Marcus Jarvis' Negro World, that he served as a, a editor for. Boys, so like a lot of the the liter literary time. Uh, how they got their word out was through black publications, right? I uh, like the Defender, I uh, like the Crisis, like the Negro World. Um, this is where you would be exposed to the writings of, um, um, you know, uh, Aaron Douglas and uh, uh, Wendell and Bennett. So uh, we're going to remember them. This also marks the passing this week, and the anniversary of the passing of uh well this month this early month david walker <laughs> so same stage. two years <laughs> after david walker wrote the appeal mm -hmm. he popped up dead at the age of 33 uh allegedly bludgeoned i'm not sure don't quote me no one was ever arrested uh, but he died of the mysterious circumstances um the governor of south carolina actually tried to have him arrested uh appealed to the governor of massachusetts to have him arrested and have this book banned, our our namesake, uh, the the appeal to the the David Walker's appeal, uh, have it banned, uh, which the governor of Massachusetts refused. That he, you know, he had every right to to write the book. Um, again, he was trying to actually start a revolt, uh, a slave mm -hmm. revolt. Um, uh, and you know, you got to imagine this comes. Uh, um, uh, on the heels of Matt Turner's rebellion, so <laughs> on the plantations where. Uh, blacks outnumber whites tremendously, right? Yeah. And so, and There's lots of sharp things around. <laughs> <laughs> lots of sharp also, things. They didn't. Know, did they know about anthrax back then? They know about broken glass. Which is I'm just saying. There's plenty of ways to. <laughs> a farm is a dangerous place if you know what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have. Uh, we also lost Huey P. Newton. Uh, I thought this was interesting. I got to do more research on this. So he was killed by a member of the Black Gorilla family. George Jackson, his brother, was a member of the Black Panthers. Jonathan Jackson, that's why. Uh, why do you think that happened? I mean, I'd, I'd like to, i got to look into that. We should cover that, or at least look into um, it. Yeah, we should, right? Because um, there were so many Black. That he was addicted to drugs, 
And why don't we just drug deal going on? But that why don't we just gonna, this case? But they, look at how many black groups that came out of the civil, the late civil rights movement in the sixties, and devolved into fucking street gangs, the exact opposite of what they were founded and intended as. They changed forms and just, huh? And some of that's not necessarily historically accurate to Mm -hmm. kind of deride their message, right? So, you know, sometimes, some of it may be true. But I think, again, okay, but that's one of the reasons we should look into it, because if it isn't true, then that message should be out there. And if it is true, that message should also be out there, that there is an obvious problem here. That the only thing that I could think of that would cause every single one of these groups to deteriorate into the exact same fashion would be some serious, serious intelligence operation. And then we have to completely <laughs> there was a serious, serious intelligence operation going on at the time. So this is yeah, something right. that maybe people should be aware of instead of just swimming in the fucking water. True. Sure. That is a large part of what I see affects us. We need to stop yeah, just swimming. Yeah. Yeah, they infiltrate all these organizations, uh, put out false narratives, I got the leadership bickering with each other. Yeah, yeah but that's how we end up under decades of people like Cuomo and decades invested in places like Afghanistan, just swimming yeah, in the water. Right. Yeah, absolutely right. And also, we didn't even discuss this, so I guess we'll touch on this. Uh, the census information also came out last week. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll touch on that next week. Not surprising. Uh, this trend has been going for a while. I did the 2010 yeah, census. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was actually delayed because of some of, you know, COVID obviously uh, made it difficult. And so there were also changes at the last minute from the executive level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, brother, do uh, you have any words in closing for the uh, beautiful people out there on the On the Wake Up Radio world? Oh, not, uh, I don't know. Just do your best, people. It's all any of us can. <laughs> I know it's not very inspiring, but yeah, keep your head down. Protect the one next to you. Yeah, um, so I'm going to uh, quote Wallace Thurman. <laughs> uh, I cannot bear to associate with the ordinary run of people. I have to resist, surround myself with individuals who are, for the most part, are more than a trifling thing. That's why I love you, brother. <laughs> Until next time. Uh, my Africans and Africanettes, and those of you who are African adjacent, uh, stay black, stay proud. We'll see you next week. Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diang. Cindy Ashby. On the wake up. So here it is, y'all. Are you tired of being censored? Shadow banned? Shit, are you just tired of creating content and making these platforms famous? Well, I'm asking you to support OTW. Black YouTube. Why you may say? Because our content is important and necessary. And because anytime we tell the truth, they shut us down on their platform. So we are behind enemy lines, so we cannot complain. We just gotta move accordingly, smarter. So since we know many of our people won't just jump ship and go to a black site, what I'm telling you to do is don't post everything that is great on their platform. Give them perfect people a 10 second snippet, a 15 second snippet, and make them come to OTWTube and come check you out. Support black things or stop complaining. There's only unity, black unity, and black economics can change our situation. Wake up, y'all. OTW Tube is where it's at.